What is up, good people? Welcome back. I hope you're all doing well and keeping safe out there. In today's podcast, I actually wanted to teach you guys a, a technique that helps to reduce your stress, your anxiety, and just make better decisions. And I wanted to give a, a bit of background before I go into the technique about why you would want to do this t- uh, breathing technique. Uh, for a long time, I thought you know, breathing, these sorts of breathing exercises, you know, they didn't work uh, until I did this 4781, which has changed the game for me. And funny enough, has been scientifically proven and studied to have a dramatic effect on your switching your body from a sympathetic to a parasympathetic, which is um, from the fight or flight response, which is anxiety and stress related to the rest and relaxation, restoration type of feeling, you know, get zen, zen out. And then, um, so I'm just going to read a few things here that I just pulled up. Um, some of them are studies and some of them are articles from, from such things like the, um, like psychology today, which within it has the studies, um, yeah, within it have, have the studies linked to the, the discussion. And, you know, one thing that I found that was pretty pretty amazing was that a 2016 study, it showed for the first time that the rhythm of breathing, it generates electrical activity in the brain um, that influences how well we remember. And I remember back... A year or two ago, maybe you know, maybe it was a lot. You know, it's definitely been way longer than that. But I was under so much stress that I I started forgetting things. Okay, and it was probably the scariest time of my life because I started to forget um, certain things. Um, and what a lot of you probably don't know about me is my body is or more often than not in a fight or flight response just because I have an overactive uh, sympathetic nervous system. So my body tends to lean more towards stress and anxiety and all those wonderful, wonderful things that we obviously want <laughs> not. But the like, it's just, I, I don't know, I found this, this study really, you know, really amazing because... It, it's it's just you know it sheds light on how it's well I see it as like you know stress anxiety damaging your brain um, and damaging how how it remembers so this yeah that study just confirms to me that you know it's super important to breathe and to just have the tools necessary in life to if your mind is getting hijacked by stress and anxiety to just take back control of the wheel and make better decisions and be a better person and not be subject and lazy and just let stress and anxiety run your life. Uh, Because if you let it, it'll take control of your life and it doesn't care who you are. Um, If you can't control your stress and anxiety, um, you're pretty much subjecting yourself to outcomes that you don't want. 
Yeah, a lot of them, you know, people know that come associated with breathing, which is high blood pressure and all of that stuff. But uh, I don't want to talk about too much today about those sorts of, um, you know, effects of stress and anxiety, but more of um, the role it has in decision-making and the role it has on your prefrontal cortex because I never knew this, this stuff. And if I had known this stuff earlier, I wouldn't have made half the mistakes in my life um, because I would have noticed that I was stressed and I would have implemented this breathing technique um, so that I could have a better chance to make better decisions, okay? And I kind of like it a little bit more these days as I'm focusing more on um, finance and you know investing and all of that. And you definitely can't have anxiety and um, stress and all of those sorts of things influencing your decision because uh, you will make an impulse decision and it could be a bad impulse decision in in finance in you know in making money or it could be a bad one and you know we don't really want to be ruled uh, in making impulse decisions um, but from stress and anxiety. But I thought that was just a super, super cool, um, yeah, just a super, super cool study that, you know, shed some light on for me, like why I was forgetting stuff um, when my life was at its most stressful. Um, so not only do I, did I have back then, uh, you know, my own body leaning more towards the, the side of anxiety and stress, but I also had my parents divorcing, um, not knowing if my sister was going to live because she got diagnosed with anorexia, which has the same mortality rate as cancer. Um, you know, things, things like that. And, you know, not knowing where I was going to live, uh, you know, mix that, you know, it's a cocktail for disaster. And, um, you know, I wish I knew all of this back then because it could have changed the course for the better. Now, there was another study, it was from 2013. So this is a bit of an older one, which means, uh, like, when we look at scientific journals, we kind of want it to be within five years, okay? Um, it's a bit of an old one, but I th think it's still um, relevant to today because now today we have uh, things like epigenetics, which is um, things that you do in your life that, can switch on and off gene expression, okay? So the title of this scientific journal, it's called Relaxation Response Induces Temporal uh, Transcriptomy Changes in Energy Metabolism, Insulin Secretion, and Inflammation Pathways. Um, fancy title. It kind of tells you what it's about, but it's very much just, you know, stuff like meditation. Um, well, this is what I thought about it. You know, stuff like meditation increases energy, increases your body's ability to produce insulin and secrete insulin, and it downregulates the inflammatory pathways. And stress and anxiety are probably the biggest killers in you know in in, in the world, and really destructive to our, our mental health and our well-being and how we think. And with enough inflammation as well. It can impact um, 
it can really impact the brain. Like such conditions like dementia, uh, you know, that there's so much inflammation where it actually starts to affect the brain in that sort of way. Um, I guess, you know, we can all, you know, and uh, like we all know what dementia is and, um, you know, other stuff like high blood pressure and, um, you know, which, you know, linked to heart disease, you know, all of these sorts of things. So being able or having one tool in, in skill on dealing with your breath, I reckon everyone should know it because it can really change. Yeah, you can just change your life for the better. But a little piece from this article, um, um, it's not an article, it's a peer-reviewed journal article, is the fact that the practice of uh, stuff like meditation, yoga, uh, repetitive prayer, all of these sorts of things enhance the expression of genes associated with energy metabolism, mitochondrial function, insulin secretion, and telomere maintenance. So your telomere sequence, uh, that's just like your, your DNA. Um, your telomeres actually, depending on the length of it, it's more towards the side of how, how much longer you're going to, you know, how long you're going to live, um, your biological age and you know, stuff like that's associated with, but there's a reduced expression of genes like inflammatory response and stress related pathways. So the fact that you can implement the four, seven, eight breathing tool to switch off genes that are responsible for stuff like the inflammatory response and stuff like high blood pressure and all of these sorts of things is a superpower in itself. And I think not enough, I think people take their bodies for granted until something goes wrong. And once something goes wrong, people start to wake up. Um, but until something goes wrong in someone's life, until something goes wrong within someone's body, it's like, you know, blissful ignorance. They're just content with being lazy and content with not wanting to know how to protect their bodies um, and to be like, just to be like the best version of themselves. Um, you know, you see people eating takeaway all the time yet. They know it leads to obesity. Like, you know, it's, you know, to me, it's, it's like there's breathing, you know, these breathing techniques out there yet people know that they, they can be really, really, you know, fantastic for the body and mind and all these sorts of things yet not many people do it until something goes wrong. Now, there was this, this other article in yeah, Psychology Today. And these the, these last two, uh, one's talks about, uh, or one's an article that has a scientific journal linked into it. And then the other, um, the other one is an actual scientific journal from that article. I'm pretty sure I brought it up from that article. Um, 
that's right. I'm going to link the, all these things that I talk about anyway into the show notes if you want to look at them yourself. Um, so the article is called How Does Anxiety Short Circuit the Decision-Making Process, okay? These, the decision-making process, you know, and why I wanted to talk about it heaps and really, really hit home to people uh, is because you can make shitty decisions <laughs> when you are riddled with anxiety, when you are riddled with stress, when you are riddled with uh, things in life that you cannot control. Your body will high, get hijacked um, by anxiety, by stress, by depression. And if you don't have specific tools in in being able to combat these uh, these negative effects, you could go down into you know a negative spiral, and it's hard to come out of. So I'm going to read now from this article, and it's pretty much saying um, reducing anxiety is especially important during chaotic times. So when you feel overwhelmed or that your life is out of control during times of distress, the latest research shows that people are likely to make poor decisions which can exacerbate anxiety, which leads to more bad anxiety. I mean, well, yeah, leads to more bad anxiety, but leads to more bad decisions and snowballs into a downward spiral. Decision-making is in the locus of your control. We all have the power to break patterns of behavior simply by making better decisions. But this is often easier said than done. That said, even when you're stuck in a cycle of rut like thinking and behavior, a change of attitude and decision-making can turn your life around. This new study shows that reducing your anxiety levels might be the first step to start a life-changing domino effect that empowers you to perpetually make better choices. All right. Now, I th- thought that was super powerful two paragraphs right there because a lot of times anxiety and depression and, you know, these sorts of things, we're often told that, it, you, know, it, you know, affects your blood pressure and all of that. But I was never actually told how it affected my decision making, how it actually affected my brain. Now, I pay so much attention to my brain now, my health of my brain, my things that I can do to make better decisions, things that I can do to relieve anxiety, you know, specific foods. I try and eat less processed foods, you know, try to <laughs> try to go to McDonald's less uh, because all, all of those things and shitty lifestyle choices affect your brain. And this you know, stress and anxiety is linked to food as well. Not only is it linked to food, but, you know, you can make shit decisions. And with, you know, with more, the more anxiety and more depression that's in your life. So why would you want to make your life harder for yourself, you know? And why aren't more people taught about how anxiety actually affects your decision-making, you know? And I want to... I want more of a discussion about the effects on the brain and the effects on how people can take 
back control of a system that's been hijacked by stress and anxiety. I have one more article, uh, scientific journal. Um, it's pretty um, interesting as well. This one was in March 2016. Uh, I think it's still relevant. Um, the title is pretty uh, complex, you know, it's a bit confusing. It's I'll just read the title. It's called Anxiety Evokes Hyperfrontality and Disrupts Rule Relevant Encoding by Dorsal Medial Prefrontal Cortex Neurons. Now, to me, you know, it's really uh, it's a real nerdy headline. Real nerdy headline, uh, but fair enough, fair enough. So I'm just going to scroll down to the significant statement, which is, a debilitating aspect of anxiety is its impact on decision-making and flexible control of behavior. These cognitive constructs depend on proper functioning of the prefrontal cortex. Understanding how anxiety affects PFC, which is your prefrontal cortex, uh, encoding of cognitive events is of great clinical and evolutionary significance. Using uh, a clinically valid experiment model, we find that under anxiety, decision-making may be skewed by a salient and conflicting environmental stimuli at the expense of flexible top-down guided choices. Okay. Now, you know... The data, the last sentence here, it says uh, these data provide a neuronal encoding scheme for how anxiety disengages your prefrontal cortex during decision-making. This, if, if that paragraph there doesn't send how important it is to take back control of having a clear mind and, you know, taking care of your body and taking care of the things that, you know, you know, make you a better person. Um, it's just, you're going to make more shitty mistakes. You're going to, your decision-making is, is out the window. Okay. Now for me, I, especially, uh, at this point in my life where I make more decisions based off um, making money and, you know, investing and all of these sorts of things, I can't have my anxiety getting in the way. So it, when I feel anxi anxiety and stress and that's the worst time to be investing, that's the worst time, you know, you just need to chill out, do this breathing technique, which funny enough has been studied as well. So if I go to the breathing technique now, we go to um, just like the, the reference of the study. So a study was published in January 2014 in the Journal of Clinical and Diagnostic Research. It was linked with both fast and slow types of breathing to reduce stress and improved cognition, including attention, retention, and speed in tasks that merge vision and physical action. Um, it put it activates the body's uh, parasympathetic nervous system, which increases feeling calm 
enhanced digestion, and lessens the feelings of fear originating in the sympathetic nervous system. Now, the breathing technique itself, I, I, it's, I'm just going to read it here for you because I do it a bit differently. I, you know, step number two, I don't really do, but I'm just going to read it here for you so you guys know exactly what to do. So you want to start by sitting up straight in a comfortable position. You want to place the tip of your tongue on the ridge of your gum just behind your upper front teeth. You want to expand your diaphragm and slowly inhale through your nose for a count of four. You want to hold your breath for another count of seven. Open your mouth slightly, keeping your tongue in place, and exhale for a count of eight. And you repeat that cycle four times. It is recommended that this technique is done twice a day. And the reason and thinking behind this is so that you can retrain your entire way of breathing. With enough practice, you should begin to breathe more deeply without thinking about it, which is what, that's our goal. That's what we want to get to so that we can implement this strategy to take back control of our decision-making, to take control over, you know, being a better friend, being a better person, being a better lover, being just being all around better. Um, we want to do it enough times where it's just wired into our system and you don't even have to think about it. So in the start, doing this breathing method, it might be hard um, because, you know, us as humans, we don't like change. But hopefully I've given you enough information just about the impact on decision-making and the impact on the prefrontal cortex so that you can try this breathing technique. Now, I actually use this breathing technique a lot before sleep so that I can fall asleep quicker. Um, I'm one of those people that I just, I'll stay awake for hours and hours and hours uh, and eventually fall asleep. Then I'll be tired when I wake up. This breathing technique I do in bed and I fall asleep quicker. I wake up feeling great and I thought that this is, is a super valuable tool that you can have in your, you know, in your little toolkit to become your own alchemist, so to speak, to take control back over your life. So without further ado, I'm going to end it there. I hope this podcast has been um, a little bit eye-opening, a little bit interesting, and I want you to try the technique, try it at home, and just, you know, give it a chance because, you know, it's impacted my life hugely and, you know, I, f I feel better when I do it. It's one of the only breathing techniques as well that I can feel physically changes my, um, my, uh, my ability to be stressed out um, to to then calm within one or two cycles. So, you know, to me, that's that's worth everything.